welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle, and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research, and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. So I'm often asked lots of questions relating to how best to support children and adults with sensory processing difficulties. Um, why do they do certain things? Why are they supporting themselves in such a way? And how can I support them? And so this next month of podcasts is all about some of those common worries. So think about things that happen on a day-to-day basis, so toileting, eating, thinking about certain behaviours, so it might be sensory related things like why does my child chew their clothes, why do they chew objects that they find when they're wandering around my house or their grandparents' house, how we can explain some of these sensory needs to others. There is another podcast all about explaining sensory processing disorder to other people. However, we will talk about this a bit in this next um, few podcasts as well. And then thinking about, you know, how can we start to make plans? Some people find it really difficult to plan holidays or fun days out because everything's so unpredictable. It might be the fact that the weather changes so much and the sensory elements relating to the weather can get in the way. It might be that different environments are really overwhelming for their child or the person they're supporting. It might be that they need a certain way of being supported and that's just not easy to do when they're away from their home. So I want to support you, I want you to feel reassured that we can discuss some of these topics openly. If you've ever got any questions specifically about how to support someone's sensory processing difficulties or asking why are they doing a certain thing, then please do get in touch. You can get in touch with me through our website, so sensorispectacle.co.uk or you can send me an email at hello at sensorispectacle.co.uk. I love to help as many people as I can. So let's think about some of these common worries. So on a day-to-day basis, there's so many things that we have to do. And a lot of those things tend to involve lots of our senses. And so there's this saying that the more important an activity is to keep us alive and functioning, the more of our senses are actively involved in that activity. So if we think about eating, for example... You probably all know someone that has difficulties with food choices or meal times or environments when they're eating that we can start to really put this into practice. So think about that person. Are you able to identify what specific sensory reason they have relating to why they eat the food that they eat or why they eat in the certain way that they do, the environment that they're in? 
We have to eat to stay alive. However, food is a multi-sensory thing as well as the environment that we're eating in. There's also a lot of other elements that go alongside with meal times. You've got the social aspect of it. You've got the exploration aspect of it. You've got the relaxation aspect of it. And all of these things are really, really important when we're trying to support someone with sensory processing difficulties. So food, it could be the obvious taste of a food. Now, along with taste will come smell. Then we've got the texture of the food. You might have the chewiness of the food, that proprioceptive input. You might have the chew, the vestibular input, because of the amount of chew. So when you're moving your head, the vestibular input from that. You may have the visual element of it. You may have the sound of it. Our jaw is right by our ear. So when we are eating food, if we're eating dry, crunchy food, that's going to make a really intense sound. Whereas for some people that only eat soft foods that doesn't need chewing, maybe they are sensitive to sound and so they're choosing foods that aren't creating extra sound. It's very, very clever. And so these are the things that we need to then break down. We need to try and step into the shoes of that person we're supporting and really make sense of what it is that they're doing and why they're doing that. There's a purpose behind it and we need to try and understand what that is. Another day-to-day activity with lots of people have difficulties with is toileting. So I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about toileting. How can we start to identify difficulties with toileting? What might the problems be when it relates to sensory processing difficulties? We know that we have our internal sense interoception and that is largely important so important in toileting because it tells us it gives us these messages from inside of our body telling us if we're hungry if we're tired if we're thirsty if we need to go to the toilet and so if I find it difficult to recognize these internal messages telling me that I need to go to the toilet then I'm going to find it difficult to toilet train Or if I'm someone who requires a high, intense amount of sensory input, I may not notice that I need to go to the toilet until the very last minute. And then when I ask to go to the toilet, I'm not allowed to go. And so then I have an accident. And so we can see these patterns of toilet training and where these difficulties lie and then how much that impacts that person's confidence and self-esteem. No one wants to have accidents, especially when they're with their friends, when they're socialising, when they're at school. And so it's about how can we support that? How can we really understand what the difficulty is with the toileting to then support them? Another really common worry are some of these sensory characteristics that we might observe in children and adults with sensory needs. So I refer to them as sensory characteristics. You may refer to them as behaviours or sensory behaviours. The reason why I use the term characteristics is because there's a purpose behind it. And so it's that person's way of supporting themselves, of regulating themselves.
So for someone that chews, there is a purpose behind that chewing. And so we need to break down and work out exactly what that might be. Is it the tactile element? Is it the proprioceptive element? Is it the auditory element? So you can see just for chewing, that's three senses that it could be. So when someone chews their clothes, it could be a sensory element. It could also be a repetitive behaviour or a comforting behaviour relating to anxiety or a worry about a change in the situation. So for many people who don't have or don't feel confident in understanding the structure throughout the day, we may notice these anxiety sensory characteristics, these repetitive characteristics, uh, which are there, they're done for that person to feel comforted, to support themselves. We all do it when we're feeling nervous or when we're feeling anxious about something, we will do something that we find comforting. Whether that's listening to our favourite music, whether that's eating our favourite sweet, whether that's just being by ourselves and going for a walk, whatever it might be, we are doing something that's familiar to us to support ourselves. So all of these sensory characteristics have a purpose and it's really important for us to understand what they are and there's some really common worries relating to them so things like chewing things like scratching and biting and um, pushing things and it's really important then for us to understand well what is the sensory purpose behind it so then we can try and implement other ways for that person to support their sensory needs without needing to scratch and bite and push And there are ways of us doing that. We just need to try and personalise it to the people that we're supporting. Another common worry is all about explaining sensory needs to others, whether that's family members who just don't understand, whether it's friends because you're worried when you go out on trips or um, excursions together that you feel like you have to explain the reason why your child does something, or whether it's to other professionals that you work with. You may have a really great understanding of a particular student. However, when they move on, they need to be in an environment where that is understood to the same extent. So one of your responsibilities as a professional is to be able to explain those sensory needs to others. And then things like holidays, things that we have to plan it's a worry they become difficult because we know that they're unpredictable things can change and then how do we put strategies in place to support people now people with sensory processing difficulties have exactly the same right as everyone else to be able to go out explore and enjoy the world around them And so we need to try and find ways to help to support that so that it is enjoyable for everyone. We can easily adapt our planning of our holidays, of our day trips to be able to support that. But one of the most important factors to consider and to implement is to have a structure. So many people with sensory needs live their day-to-day lives with structure. 
whether they are a child or an adult. A child may wake up at a certain time, go to school, be in a structured day at school and then come home and have structure at home. It might seem less structured, but they will come home, they will eat some dinner, they will do something, they may have a bath, they may read a book, they will go to bed. There is structure there, even if it seems less obvious. When we get to holidays and when we get to those fun times, there's a huge element of us not wanting to have that structure to tr- because we feel that's the way that we can relax. However, that's not the case. So if there is structure in place, we're more likely to actually relax. So when you're planning a holiday, think about how can you communicate the plans to the person you're supporting, whether that's your child or an adult. Can you have a visual timeline, a timetable, a structure, a way of asking them what they would like to do and making sure that the activities and places that you visit are of um, interest to that person as well so that they feel comforted that they can support their own sensory needs during that time as well. So there's so many common worries that parents, support workers, family members, carers, professionals all worry about with sensory processing difficulties. However, the main piece of advice that I love to offer everyone is that we can support them. We need to understand their sensory needs the best first and then we can personalise the way we support them. Now, personalising then doesn't take any more time than it does anyone else because we really understand what they need. The time is the bit where we have to get to know and really understand what those sensory needs are. So as a parent, you're already there. You know your child the best, better than anybody else. And so we need to just do that detective work and break down what exactly it is as to why your child does the things that they do those sensory characteristics. If you're a professional, a carer, a family member, someone who is supporting somebody else, you need to put in that time to build up the relationship and really get to know that person. You may recognise different sensory characteristics to what parents, carers recognise in their living environment. However, It's so important for you to build your own relationship as well because that trust is what's really important when we're starting to embed some of these strategies to support that day-to-day living. So the next few episodes are going to be focusing on specific things relating to those common worries and hopefully they will give you some confidence and knowledge to be able to go and answer some of those questions for yourself. This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, sensorispectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, 
sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening.